Testament. Let's go ahead and turn uh, to Hosea again, Hosea chapter 3. Uh, we looked at chapter 1, chapter 2, and today we'll look at chapter 3, and chapter 3 is only five verses, but yet an amazing story. Hosea chapter 3, all right, go to your table of contents, all right, all right, I think it's after Daniel, right, after Daniel, all right, Hosea chapter 3, and we'll read the whole chapter, Hosea chapter 3, verse 1 says this, then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who looked to other gods and left flagons of wine. So I bought her to me for fifteen pieces of silver, and for an homer of barley, and an half homer of barley. And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days, thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man. So will I also be for thee. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, and without a prince, and without a sacrifice, and without an image, and without an ephod, and without teraphim. Afterward shall the children of Israel return, and seek the Lord their God, and David their king, and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. Let's pray. Father, again, we just thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. We thank you for your love. And Lord, thank you that we can celebrate the day that that babe was born in a manger, the day the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, the day, Lord, Emmanuel, God with us. And Lord, uh, so many other things, Lord God, that you were and that you are. And Lord, we uh, celebrate that. And Lord, we're glad that despite uh, what else is going on in the world, we recognize the fact that Jesus Christ indeed came into this world. And Lord, I'm glad that we understand, Lord, uh, why he came. And Lord, we want uh, everyone to understand that. Now, again, Lord, we pray for the sick among us. Lord, we think of Sister Sherry uh, this morning. We think of the Baruchs and think of the Muxlows. Uh, Lord, please touch them. Help Brother uh, Ken with that cough. And uh, Lord, uh, uh, Brother uh, McLean this morning. And Lord, just uh, so many people uh, with sickness and physical need this morning. Thank you, Sister uh, Carpenter. Thank you, Sister uh, Clark. And uh, Lord, please be with all those that couldn't make it this morning. Thank you for those that are here and listening in. And Lord, uh, you know our need, spiritual, uh, financial, Lord, uh, wisdom. Lord, we just completely depend upon you. As your word says, without you, we can do nothing. But that's okay. Why would we want to do anything uh, without you? And Lord, help us just to lean on you and trust in you and abide in you. Now, Lord, help us as we look at this, this uh, portion of Scripture and our desires that Jesus Christ would be lifted up, that he might draw all men unto himself. And Lord, that you would build your local church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Of course, we're looking at the uh, book of uh, Hosea here, and we know that it's, again, it's a picture, I guess, if you in the context is the relationship of God the Father with Israel, and in fact, uh, we won't go into it, but even in this chapter here, there's a lot of prophecy, right, about how uh, God the Father uh, brings Israel back, but for a long time period, they're going to be, when it says, uh, notice verse 4, uh, uh, the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, without a prince, without a sacrifice, without an image, and without an ephod, and without a teraphim. And of course, uh, we know that that's the case, that for many years, uh, they've been without these things, and they've been scattered abroad, and that prophecy is concerning this. And then in context, at, at uh, 
Verse 5, it says, Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord. And, of course, uh, it says, And David, their king. Of course, we know uh, what's going to happen during the uh, millennial reign, right, at the end of the tribulation, right? Uh, the tribulation is going to prepare Israel, and then they're going to see Jesus and say, Where'd you get those wounds? And uh, they're going to believe on him, and uh, the veil will be lifted off their heart, and then uh, they'll get to enjoy their Messiah. So, really, there's a lot of uh, uh, prophecy Concerning this, if you want to study that out and look at the uh, look at the the, the context, but uh, I'm glad uh, we can look at that and then apply some things that can be an encouragement to us today. And so as we look at this short chapter, it's a wonderful picture of amazing grace. Really, well, really the whole uh, book is, but uh, this uh, short chapter of five verses, and of course five. Hey, that's the the number of grace, it's also the number of death, and of course it's death that brought us, amen, showed the grace of God. So that's uh, interesting, but this uh, chapter, a picture of amazing grace, and of course uh, over and over we see in this book, of course, God going above and beyond. God going above and beyond, and I'm glad we have a God that goes above and beyond, amen, to maintain a relationship. And as we saw uh, last week, that no matter what, right, we saw last week that Gomer, Hosea's wife, she uh, uh, abandoned her husband. She abandoned, uh, Hosea came home and found his children there. And his wife was gone. She abandoned the family and she forsook him and she forgot him. And then, uh, uh, but we saw that even that last week that he provided a door of hope, right? We saw that last chapter, that God provides a door of hope where there should be none. Amen. He, he, uh, where was it? He talked about that door of hope in the Valley of Achor, right? The place of trouble. And boy, we see in this chapter that she is in the place of trouble. And so God provides a door of hope. So in this chapter, Hosea finds his wife, uh, perhaps at her lowest point, but yet he publicly identifies with her and pays the price. He publicly identifies with her and pays the price. So notice uh, verse uh, one says, Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, go yet. And that go yet means go after her again. <laughs> hey, I realize what she's done, but hey, go after her again, right? You, I know you've already gone a few times, but go again. Boy, think about that. I'm glad we have a God that's willing to go after someone again. Think about that. Where would you be today if the Lord had given up on you, if the Lord didn't say, hey, I'm going to go after him again. I'm going to go after her again. What if he'd given up on us the first time? Now, I've heard of people getting saved the first time they heard the gospel. Very few. But I have heard of people that said, man, I got saved the first time I heard the gospel. I said, man, you are fortunate. That's a blessing. I'm glad, glad to hear that. But not many people do get saved the first time they hear the gospel. Anybody here get saved the first time they heard the gospel? No. What happened? He had to come after us again. And aren't you glad that he was willing to? He said, hey, man, uh, go yet after her. Go yet after him. And so here, Hosea, God tells Hosea uh, to go after her again. So thank God that he told the Holy Spirit, amen, to go yet again and seek after us. Boy, he didn't, he didn't give up. He just didn't look around, right? Uh, like that parable, uh, the parables in uh, Luke 15, 
right? I'm glad that uh, when the shepherd went looking for that sheep, he didn't sort of uh, get, get, get to, the, uh, uh, to, the, to the edge of where he normally takes and says, well, I don't see him. I guess I'll just go back and take care of the rest of these. No, he went out and he sought that lost sheep. And that woman, when she lost that coin, I'm glad she just didn't look around and said, well, I don't know. I'm sure it's around here somewhere, but hey, as long as I got these other ones, amen. No, she searched the house over. Uh, she she uh, uh, went yet again looking for it. And then, of course, uh, uh, the, the prodigal son, right? I'm glad that uh, he didn't say, well, you know, uh, I never liked him anyways, <laughs> right? He was always, this son here, he was always the better one. I knew he was the one that was going to do something with his life. No, uh-uh. boy, no, we know probably every day he was out on that porch and he waited upon that son. Every day he went yet again. And so I'm glad uh, that God did that for us and that uh, God challenged Hosea to go yet again and find his wife. Because notice what it says here. Very good stuff. Go yet again. <laughs> Love a woman beloved of her friend. And boy, that's being very gracious in saying that, right? Uh, that was out there with somebody else. Yet an adulteress. But here's the thing. How, how in the world, man, Hosea might think, Lord, how could you have me go after that woman again? Well, notice what he says according to the love of the Lord. <laughs> That's the difference, that kind of love. Boy, uh, you know, most of a man's love is, is based upon emotion. It's based upon, hey, if you, do, if, if you do this, then I'll do that. If you'll do this, then I'll, I'll love you and take care of you. And as, as soon as I don't feel it anymore, well, then I'm giving up on you. But that's why he threw in that kicker when he challenged him to go again. He says, hey, According to the love of the Lord, that love that doesn't give up, that love that keeps pursuing, that love that doesn't quit. Man, uh, look at all that uh, he's done against you. Look at all that she's done against you. Boy, how in the world could you still desire a relationship with that person? Well, because I've taken my love to another level, I've got taken my love according to the love of the Lord. And his is difference. Think about that. Who do we love? Who do we love according to the love of the Lord? Boy, most, uh, most uh, the times people are quick, again, to give up on people. But boy, when we feel like we're about to give up, when we feel like we're about to throw in the towel in that relationship, Lord, I can't do this on my own. You're going to have to help me love according to your love. You're going to have to give me a love that isn't natural. You're going to have to give me a love that I can't stir up on my own, Lord. I need to learn to love according to your love. And of course, that's the way we're supposed to love uh, in our relationships. That's the way we're supposed to uh, love our spouse, but that's the way, amen, we should love people in our life. Because you see, that love, boy, when that comes, the love of the Lord, when it comes into your life, it makes the difference, right? <laughs> Well, you, you uh, uh, talk to any missionary, and sometimes you say, man, how in the world could you, did you end up over there? How in the world could you work with uh, uh, those kind of people? How in the world could you uh, deal with all that? You say, well, here's how I deal with it. When I got saved, the Lord took some of his love and put it in my heart. And so I love them with the love of the Lord. That's how I can love. Boy, you, you might ask Brother Burgess, man, you see those people, man, how can you go in and, uh, and all that? He says, well, hey, boy, when the Lord saved me, he put and taught me to love according to his love. And that love makes the difference. You see, when we look for people to love, we're looking for the best kind of people, right? And, and that's what we teach people. Hey, we, we teach our kids, hey, you need to look for the best uh, type of young man. You need to 
look for the best uh, type of young lady. When we look for people, we want to look for the best. But God has mercy on the worst of people. That's what makes his love different. Uh, Romans 4, 5, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that what? Justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. Romans 5, 6, for we, when we were yet without strength, Boy, I'm sure that's how uh, Hosea's wife was as she stood there, as we'll see on this, uh, this uh, uh, block of slavery, right? She stood on that auction block as a slave. She stood there, said, man, how in the world could you? Boy, she couldn't help herself. She was without strength. But the Bible says, for when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ came again. God came again. And what did he do? He died for the ungodly. That is an amazing grace, an amazing love. You know, I think about the Statue of Liberty that, that stands. You know, we think about people coming to our country and the, the Statue of Liberty. If you ever get a chance to see it, it's a wonderful thing to see. And, and uh, go out there and see the Statue of Liberty as a beacon of hope in the harbor with her flame lit and held high. And on her base is written these words, right? Uh, we say to the world, right, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. And we read that and we said, man, uh, that sounds encouraging, but yet, there's a, the message that's even more encouraging than that one. How much more encouraging is that the God of love and grace who holds up his beloved son, right? He said, if I be lifted up, his son, and says, give me your wicked and your vile and your wretched. That's what he says. And he says, come unto me, all you that labor heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Look to my son who leads to the narrow path that leads to the golden streets. You see, God's love, right, is not based on behavior, thank God. It's not based on beauty. The message of God's redeeming love is the heart and core of the gospel. That's why I like, you know, uh, uh, John uh, 3.16. Did you ever, you, you ever see where John 3.16 is written out and then it highlights? That's funny, it was, you know, uh, I don't know if you can do this in the other language, but it's interesting that in, in our English Bible, the word gospel, right? You can see G-O-S-P is right there in John 3.16. You can highlight it, right, to the gospel, right? The great verse on God's love is right there in John 3.16. So Hosea's love which was according to the love of the Lord, right, constrained him to go once again and find his wife. And he finds her right there on the auction block in that place of slavery, constraining him to go after her and pay the price for her. And so it, he said, he said I, uh, my love, do it according to my love. And you see, that is what, again, is supposed to be the compelling thing in our life as believers, Right? What is supposed to constrain us to go? What's it say in the Word of God? Jesus Christ's love is what is what is to constrain us to go after sinners and to serve the Lord. Second Corinthians five fourteen. For the love of Christ. Hey man, how can I go into that neighborhood? How how can I go out there and try to reach these people that are so rebellious against God? Well, according to the love of the Lord, the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. So 
Thank God for that amazing grace. And so we see a God that still is willing to seek. And so uh, Hosea was still willing to seek. And despite as bad as our world gets, you know what? God wants us to be people that are still willing to seek. We're still willing to go. We're still willing to tell. We're still willing to serve according to the love of God. So we see the God that seeks. But what else do we notice here? You see, uh, we see the God who suffers, no doubt. Now think about Hosea coming down to that uh, auction block where they auctioned the slaves off, and he saw his wife standing there. No doubt his heart was broken. No doubt his heart was sad. You see, when, because when you love someone, you suffer when they suffer. When you love someone, you suffer when they suffer. We see that in the heart of Christ. Boy, as he was uh, going to Calvary and uh, he looked over Israel and he saw the people there. Notice what Christ said in a couple places. In Luke 23, verses 27 and 28, he said this, And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. Now here they were, they were weeping over Christ, but Christ said this, But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, Weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. He challenges them. He says, weep for yourselves. Because the sad reality is most people do not understand their true condition. Boy, this world, they don't understand their true condition. They're blinded by sin. Boy, they should be weeping for themselves. But the problem is they compare themselves among themselves and they're not wise. And so because they're comparing themselves to other sinners, you see, that's why they, they don't care that the world's getting worse. Because what do we, they, they say, well, hey, at least I'm not like them. At least I'm not doing what they're doing because we like to compare ourselves among ourselves. Right. And so not realizing that, hey. Uh, 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 we uh, are guilty against God. They compare themselves and think they're okay. Even when we are away from God, even when we are away from God, like Gomer was away from her husband, even when we are away from God and deep in sin, God's heart is saddened to see us in such conditions as Hosea was for his wife. No doubt his heart broke as he saw her there, just like, again, the Lord, as he looked over Jerusalem, as he was going to Calvary, his heart was broken because he not only saw the condition they were in right then, but he saw the condition of how it would worsen in the future. And he said to this to them in Luke 19, verse 41, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and he wept over it. He wept over it saying, if thou hadst known, even thou at the least in this thy day, the things which belong into thy peace, but now are they hid from thy... Boy, if you'd have just known what I had prepared for you. No doubt, Hosea thought that as he looked at his wife. Oh, man, if she just knew what I had prepared for her, if she just understood how I wanted to treat her, if she just understood how I wanted to love her, if she just understood how I wanted to take care of her, oh, if the world just understood how good God wants to be to them. He says, For the day shall come upon thee, thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not 
the time of thy visitation. And so he, you know, we always think about uh, 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 Jesus over there in uh, John 11 where it says Jesus wept. But that wasn't the only time he wept. He wept here. Even as he was going to Calvary to pay the price for sin, he was weeping over uh, 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 Jerusalem because he understood their condition. He understood that it wouldn't be long, that the walls would be torn down and how bad they were going to have to suffer. suffer. And no doubt, as, uh, as Hosea looked at the condition of his wife, so why did he weep? Because he loved them and his heart was pained because he knew the suffering their sin would lead to. And so that is the heart of God as he looks out and he sees as Hosea looked at his wife and as, uh, as God looks out over the world and as uh, his heart no doubt bleeds, his heart feels and suffers for those that continue in sin because his heart cares according to the love of the Lord. So Hosea's wife had gotten herself into such a condition, again, that she was now being sold as a slave at the slave market. But God in his grace and Hosea shows that type of love and grace, and yet he is willing to redeem her. Again, imagine Hosea arriving at the slave market. How sad, right? Here we, you see that wife and mother, wife and mother. She'd abandoned her husband. She'd abandoned her children. And now she was deep in sin and standing on the auction block of slavery. Again, though this is a reference to Israel sinning against the father, believers are warned in the New Testament about uh, uh, believe, uh, getting out there in the world. 1 John 2, 5 says, But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God uh, perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. Right? Uh, somehow I put the wrong verses there. But you know the Bible says, Love not the world, neither things that are in the world. Right? For they that love the world, right? The love of the Father is not in them. James 4, 4 says this, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. And whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So we're warned about getting out there in sin and we could end up in such a condition. But here she stands here and she has absolutely nothing. She has absolutely nothing to offer on her behalf to help her get out of the condition she's in. So as those gazing on look at her, they find little to be desired. Yet there is someone who loves her more deeply than words can say. And he looks at her and here it is. This is his wife, right? Uh, the mother of his children. Of course, not all the children uh, were his, but yet he still had grace upon them. And now he looks and despite the condition he's in, because he loves according to the love of the Lord, he's willing to identify with her. <laughs> what an amazing thing. You see, that's what Christ did. Christ came down, and despite the fact that, right, we were sinners and we deserved hell and we were guilty against God, you know what God looked down? He said, you know what? I want to identify with James Burgess. I want to identify with Juanita Barnett. Think about that. No doubt, who knows how many people were there? Who knows how many people were standing around? And yet, he says, that's my wife, and I want to love her, and I want to bring her back, and I want to have a right relationship with her, and despite who's here, I want to say I'm willing to identify with her. What a God. Amen. What grace. 
think about, well, when I look back and I look at the life I lived before I got saved, I look at the things I did before I got saved, I look at how rebellious I was before I got saved, and yet God looked down and said, you see, you see that little, that young man doing that right there? I want to identify with him. I'm willing to purchase him. I'm willing to purchase her. I'm willing to pay the price, amen, to get them out of the slavery of sin. So she has nothing. And again, as those gazing on look at her, they find little to be desired. Yet again, there's someone that says, I'm willing to bid for her. <laughs> I'm willing to bid for her. I'm willing to pay the price for her. So when we picture Gomer on the auction block and Hosea making the bid and willing to pay the price to deliver her, again, when we look at that picture, we must also picture ourselves as the slaves to sin we wore. There we were before we got saved, slaves to sin, no hope. But yet Jesus again steps up and gives his bid. And they look at him and said, sir, what is your bid? What is your bid? Amen. And he says, this is my bid, my own life and my own precious blood. I'm willing to give that so that this one can be set free. So look at what it says in verse 2. So I bought her. <laughs> so I bought her. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. We were on the auction block. No one was willing to pay or no one else could pay the price. But the Lamb of God stepped up, amen, our great, the great shepherd of our soul, and was willing to pay. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 say, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, from your vain conversation received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as with a lamb without blemish and without spot. But notice what it says here, again, verse 2, so I bought her, and notice the next two words, to me. Not just so I bought her, but I bought her to me. You see, despite what she'd done, he said, listen, why do I, I want to purchase her, but not just, hey, so okay, well, okay, I, you know, I've done what I could for you. I paid the price for you, and now you're on your own. No, he said, I bought her to me. I bought her for the purpose of bringing her home and reestablishing that relationship that has been lost. So I bought her to me. He bought me, so you can say this, he bought me, then he brought me unto himself. Let me give you some good verses on that thought. 2 Samuel 7, 18 says, Then went King David in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God? Boy, have you ever, when you ever sat there and meditate on what Jesus Christ has done for you, amen, and how he's changed your life, have you, ever, have you ever just thought, Who am I? Who am I, O Lord, that you should give your son? Who am I that the Lord Jesus Christ should lay down his life? Who am I that he should shed his blood? Who am I, O Lord, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? Psalm 18, 19 says, He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. <laughs> Think about that. I don't, know what, I don't know what Hosea saw, but you know, he looked at her and he said, That's my wife. Despite the fact that she's gotten herself in this condition, I love her 
and I delight in her. Song of Solomon 2.4, that great verse says this. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. No doubt Gomer, amen, could claim that verse. It goes on to say, so he, brought, he, bought, he bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver for a homer of barley and a half homer of barley. You know the, the price of a slave? What was the price of a slave? 30, right, 30 pieces of silver. It says over there in Exodus, right? If, uh, if, if, if one of your ox kills somebody, it basically says if your ox kills somebody's slave, you got to give them 30 pieces of silver. That was the, that was the price of a slave. And what she, what's he get? Man, she, can't even bring, she can't even bring that 15 uh, pieces of silver and some uh, homer uh, 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 of barley and a half. I mean, that's what you feed animals. That's what you feed animals. But yet he purchased her back. There might be, you know, and so he goes on to say, he purchases her, and then he goes on, verse 5. We'll finish with this. And afterward shall the children of Israel, despite what they have done, he was willing to pay the price. Oh, there might be, a, there might be some ups and downs in between. But afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness. In the latter days, we read that verse again over in Psalm 21, verse three, the other day, which said this, for thou preventest me. Remember there, prevent doesn't mean stop, but it means to go before. For thou goest before me with the blessings of goodness. And God says to Israel, despite what you've done, I'm going to go before you with the blessings of goodness. Hosea says to Gomer, despite what you've done. I'm going to go before you with the blessings of goodness. And God says to us, despite what we've done, I've got a life for you. I've got a relationship with you. And I'm going to go before you with the blessings of goodness. So he says, afterward. You see, he says there, you, you, you know, for a while you might have to do without. Hey, there's going to be some ups and downs in this relationship. There's going to be some ups and downs in this relationship. But you know what? There's still going to be a relationship. <laughs> Even though there might be some ups and downs in the relationship, there's still going to be a relationship. I look back over 35 years and, yeah, there's been some ups and downs. That was my fault, not his fault. But because of me, there's been some ups and downs in that relationship. But you know what? There's still a relationship. There's still a relationship. And he says afterwards, thank God, when the Lord delivers us, there's an afterwards. And again, he just didn't say, well, Gomer, I've purchased you. You're on your own. He says, you know what? I've purchased you. I've brought you off the slave block. I've paid the price for you. And you know what? There's still some good things to come. There's still some good things to come. Our latter days will be better than our former days. Despite what we have done or not done, despite what we've done or not done, Gomer, despite what we've done or not done, right? There's going to be an afterwards. That is grace. There's coming a day. So when we see the picture here that God loves us, not because of, right? God, love according to God's love. He doesn't love us because of. He loves us in spite of. He didn't lo love Gomer because of. He loved Gomer despite of. That's the love of God. He loves despite, not because of. Listen, if he was looking for a reason, he wouldn't have found it. Amen. He made a conscious decision. I want to love him. 
I want to love her, just like Hosea had to do. He said, listen, I can't find a reason to love her. She's abandoned me. She's abandoned the kids. <clears throat> She's been out doing this. But you know what? I make a conscious decision to love her. I make a conscious decision to pay the price for her. I make a conscious decision that there's going to be an afterwards, amen, that this relationship is going to continue on. So we see the picture again here that God loves us, not because of, but in spite of. So we see God redeems us and brings us unto himself. And we can rejoice in the fact that Christ willingly, willingly came to where we were, right? He was willing to go to where she was. As bad as it was, he was willing to go where she was. He was willing to identify with her, and he was willing to pay the price for her. Thank God he was willing to come to where I was. Thank God he was willing, amen, to pay the price. And thank God he was willing, amen, and not ashamed to identify with me and with you. So, we, again, we can rejoice that he willingly came to where we were, willingly identified with us, and how can we not? Knowing this, how can we not love him and want to serve him? So as we celebrate his birth, let us rejoice in why he came and that he came to redeem. And when we look at these verses, say, man, such amazing grace. How could he do that? Well, <laughs> according to the love of the Lord. Hey, he just didn't bother. He says, but I bought her unto me. And that's what the Lord. And so one day, amen, we rejoice in the fact now that he came. We rejoice in the fact that he's willing to identify us. We rejoice in the fact, amen, that uh, he was willing to pay the price for us. And then we rejoice, amen. There's an afterward coming, amen. We've got something to look forward to with the Lord. The relationship continues. Let's pray.